everyone, welcome to In The Dark. We bring you industry travel knowledge and answers to your questions. This is episode one, The Data Scientist. I am your host and our guest speaker, No Name. For the sake of privacy, we will be referring to him as No Name to not disclose any information about him. Today's discussion is about how security is turning into data science a few topics on security and data science, some tools that data scientists use, what are the interchangeable skills, security from a data scientist's perspective and their thoughts on that matter. Also, as someone going from security to data science, what are some questions that you wish you had answers to? And how does someone get into security as well? All right, thanks for joining. Hi, how's it going? Good, how about you? Good, uh, how's the volume, is it okay? Yes, it's it's great actually, I can hear you. Okay, just wanna make sure, cause some people's microphone is kinda soft sometimes. Yeah, I was told the same thing as well. So you ready to get started? Yep. I have my document all prepared to. Awesome. All right. So in our previous conversation, um, you have mentioned that you worked on both sides of the field, such as security and data science. That's correct. And uh, you also started from help desk as well, right? And you got into security from that? Um, it was actually part of my role um, because I was actually in a small department. Mm -hmm. so like any other small uh, organization, mm -hmm. you basically have to take on every single hat. Okay. So when you're, when you're supporting these computers, your job is to make sure computer systems is always up and running mm -hmm. and well protected. So it kind of pushed me into um, uh, desktop support, networking, and computer security. Um, I even mm -hmm. worked with the computer security people to make sure that my computers were secure. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they would have to maintain the computers. Uh, and they never wanted to, so I had to become computer security for those computers. Uh, so, so in the help desk position, you were, you, you were given the role of each uh, networking and security at the same time. Yeah, pretty much every single thing related to an organization. So imagine that mm -hmm. a company, like a small company, right? Mm -hmm. An IT person would have to do everything for that organization. Anything that's um, computer, network, everything that's related to it. Mm -hmm. So in a small department, it's this exact same way. Got it. Understood. So it will be... Uh... It will be different for each help desk position then, I would say. That's correct. When you're in a larger group um, where you have multiple help mm -hmm. desk people and you're supporting a larger company, mm -hmm. your role is very limited to just that one part. Okay. Where you, you only support computer systems. And that's why a lot of times when you call the help desk, they're really robotic. Mm -hmm. 
because they follow a script. Got it. And but when you work in a tiny department, you have no script. You're always um, answering things or doing things on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like even to the point where someone downloads something and knocks the computer off where they can't even um, boot up anymore. And then you're like, oh, what happened? So you have to like bring, like figure out what happened, bring it back mm-hmm. up. But the hardest part is not losing the data. Um, so you bring the computer up back to boot up, but then also seeing if there's any security risk to actually cause that to happen. So you basically also forensics. So you do computer forensics as oh, well. Oh wow, that's a lot of a lot of roles in in one name. <laughs> it is, yeah. There were times um, in the beginning parts where I actually had to memorize. Um, typical file formats and files mm-hmm. and compare that to what happened to the computer system after whatever happened mm-hmm. and look at what the difference was. And I was able to identify viruses in there and remove mm-hmm. them. But uh, it was actually more difficult because when you're thinking about it from a computer security point mm-hmm. of view, you can't actually... Uh, log into the computer system because it's already compromised. So you actually have to go in through a back end where you would have, um, because back then you used to be able to have DVDs and CDs where you can pop them in there and uh, gain access to the back end and then remove the viruses manually. But now it's like there's no disk or anything. So it makes it harder to uh, maintain computer systems. Mm-hmm. So uh, nowadays, what you have to do is you have to, if you're going to do the similar thing, mm-hmm. is now you have to make them into giant hard drives. Got it. Like you connect the computer system as like a mm-hmm. hard drive and access it that way. So things have changed since then. Got it. All right. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. I didn't know about that because from my understanding I, I only thought there was only one help desk position and that was just pretty much like basic troubleshooting stuff i didn't know i can when you're in small smaller organizations or smaller departments mm-hmm. you end up doing a, a ton more stuff than you would ever uh, got it. you get to be involved in a, a lot of things including um, I have to do like a walkthrough with mm-hmm. like like um, telecom. Mm-hmm. So like service provider, your ISP. Mm-hmm. And they're always happy to teach me whatever they mm-hmm. do. They even taught me how to like tap phone lines <laughs> <laughs> or even connect uh, a phone number to a, any phone oh, wow. and just like listen on conversations. Wow. So it, it, it's crazy what um, people are willing to tell you when when uh you ask them questions yeah and that's kind of like a security risk in itself isn't it? it it is a security risk but at the same time it depends on who you mm-hmm. are because if you're the one defending yeah that's actually a, a security deterrent uh like a not really um uh, maybe i'm saying it this wrong but it's more of a deterrent mm-hmm. because you know uh, where they can possibly come in mm-hmm. and actually what to listen for 
if someone taps your lines. Got it. Wow. So it it it, it broadens your perspective if because as a security person, mm-hmm. it it's best to know as much as you mm-hmm. can about different areas. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an expert in those areas, but you have to know what is possible. Because mm-hmm. once you know what's possible, you know how to defend against them. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know it exists, how do you defend against it? Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't know about an alligator kit uh, clip, would you have known that that was actually a tool to tap phone lines and listen in on conversations, yeah. which which is also used for um, tapping into security networks as a man in the middle. Oh wow, that's that's <laughs> new. I never knew about that kind of stuff. Yeah, because most of the time people are not physically there, but if they physically show up, that's something they would do. Oh, so they will be using physical tools for for physical. Penetrating, pretty much. Yeah, because whatever needs to be mm-hmm. done in order to do an attack. Because what they want to do is they want that information. However, they do it to get that information, they will do it. Got it. So it seems like in small organizations, you get exposed to a lot more than just basic troubleshooting. Then. That's correct. And that actually opens your eyes to which field do you really want to go into? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really important uh, when you have like so many different areas to go yeah. into. It's hard to choose. But if you start in a small department, mm-hmm. you get access to everything. And then, then you get to say, oh, this one's cool. I want to do yeah. this. And sometimes you might like being in a small mm-hmm. department because you get to do all the cool stuff. Like, like one of the coolest thing I I got to do was trouble troubleshoot a PlayStation because as part of my job, oh, wow. <laughs> and people are like, Whoa, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Yeah, part of my job because we work with stroke patients is try to figure out how to lower the settings of the PlayStation so they can play the video game and get rehabilitated." Wow! <laughs> and people are like, "Man, that's the coolest." <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you have to hack it to just like get the settings lower. Oh wow! <laughs> so and and it's allowed. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing! I wouldn't believe that they will allow yeah. such such things at a workplace. Because <laughs> well, it's your job, yeah. right? When it's your job, then a lot of things are allowed, and it's like sometimes like you would hack into your own computers mm-hmm. because you don't have any computer security people to help you. So and so sometimes what I did before was I hacked into one of my computers mm-hmm. at work and then the security guy because then I I wanted to see how much time it takes when I hack mm-hmm. in to the time I get a phone call from computer se- uh, mm-hmm. security. Right? So then I was timing it and then I get a phone call and then they're like uh, I see this happening on your computer system. What's going on? I'm like, yeah, I I had to do it because that's part of my job because mm-hmm. I need to know how fast um, could some so computer security come and mm-hmm. um, come and protect mm-hmm. us because we have vulnerable information about um, patients mm-hmm. and and high 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 level patients too like people that you you 
probably have never heard of, but they're like um, like really high up in their country and they fly in. And you're like, you got to protect that information. Got it. Yeah. And so it seems it seems like a done. common thing uh, when people that want to get into IT or security, they just choose that path, but they don't know the different avenues within that one category. Yes, that's correct. There's so many different avenues once you get in. Yeah. I've spoken to so many other people before, like they tell me that they're interested in IT and like, I tell them like, what part of IT do they like? And they're like, I don't know. I just like IT in general. It's like, in general. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time people, when they say, oh, I like IT, they're talking about those movies, like hackers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like hackers in the movies. Or they're like, I want to just be able to like type like in a minute and protect systems. Oh, yeah, like, like Hollywood style like, hacking and showmanship stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tell I tell people all that all the time too. Like that stuff is not real, and then when I tell them that, they get all depressed because like they're so amazed by it, so impressed, and then I just come in and just shatter the reality. Uh, actually, what I usually tell them is, "Hey, why don't you why don't you do it and see if you can get to that point?" Oh man, <laughs> that gives them like a motivation and say hey, I want to be able to do that. And then they will come to the realization, is it really possible? <laughs> and you're going to find that it's not possible to hack something in 30 seconds unless you already built a tool. Yeah, or you're working in a team environment pretty much. Yeah, but even a team environment, you're not going to protect something that quickly. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're a high target, <laughs> that's a pretty difficult situation to defend. And that's why there's tools available. Exactly. That's why there's so many tools available. The larger your organization is, the more tools you're going to have to have. Yeah. And like, just because you have more people doesn't mean you're going to be able to protect against mm -hmm. something faster than a, a smaller organization that has less people. Mm -hmm. It's like, Actually, more people, people clobber each other. And then sometimes what happens is you're, you're trying to follow where they're going, and then you find out somebody was following you. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're working together. You're, like, sitting next to each other. But you're following each other because you lost the person, mm -hmm. because too many people are doing too many things. Mm -hmm. So that's why tools are there, and separation of duties is great. Yeah. Because then you're not clobbering each other and you can actually defend much better. Yeah. And that's the thing about companies too. A lot of them don't know about these policies and guidelines and procedures. They just think they just need this department or this resource and they just go with it. There is no separation of duties in most businesses. Yes. And also the other part that people don't do a whole lot of is testing and retesting of tools or even um, kind of like backup of tools, mm -hmm. whatever you have available, or even analyzation. It's like people separate them like, like they're different buckets, but you really have to do them all in order to 
make sure that things are more secure than they once were. Got it. Yes. So pretty much just like auditing then, right? Correct? Um, what do you mean by that? Like um, for like um, auditing, that's a part of, um, I, I guess auditing can fit in different avenues. There's network audits and security audits. But the major role of an audit is to identify the holes in your system. Ah, got it. That's, um, I'm actually, uh, technically, one of my degrees is actually internal auditing. So that, that, that's how I know these things is that, um, especially in electronics, is try to find the holes. Because mm-hmm. um, when you're doing uh, an auditing role, um, you're actually mapping out the entire system. Then once you map out the entire system, whatever you're trying to um, identify, mm-hmm. and then, then you look at each break point. We'll call it break mm-hmm. point. Because each point in the system where you can actually break the entire system. Got it. And then those are the places where you need to uh, – defend yourself mm-hmm. or find a tool to to um kind of um cover that mm-hmm. hole because the like they always say is that the point where they're going to come in the most is your weakest link got it whatever your weakest link is is where people are going to come in got it All right, so from, moving on from our topic, um, you said you're trying to get into data science or you're, you're already in data science? Well, that's an interesting question in a way because technically data science is a new term. So technically I was already mm-hmm. in it before because of my degree mm-hmm. in uh, statistics. So data science was once known as computational statistics, but they wanted to market it differently. So they call it data science. So then I had to get a certification in data science to kind of renew my knowledge, kind of like how you do certifications, Mm -hmm. right? So when you do certifications, it kind of validates what you know. So I, I needed the words data science uh, so I went back to to like schooling to get that certification oh, wow. to say, hey, I have the name now. <laughs> Actually, I knew the stuff. I just can't like say I know the stuff when when nobody knows the terms anymore ah, got it. because they want to call it something else now. Yeah. So it's just like anything else you guys do, mm-hmm. right? Whenever you term, then you have to get you get validated to those new terms. Got it. I didn't know there was a specific certification you have to get for a data science. That's a pretty uh, new information. Actually, you, you don't technically get a certification for that, but you can. Like, you could go through boot camp programs to get certified, uh, get a certificate for it. Or you can go into a degree program to get um your your bachelor's or your master's in data science. Oh, got it. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Yeah, it's it's actually a really interesting area. Um, I don't know if you want to start going into some of those questions because then that would actually shed some light as to what data science has to do with security. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start with those questions. So um, uh, where did we leave off? Um, so how does uh, security and data science relate um, besides the, the com computational statistics you mentioned? So um, computational statistics was just um, another way of saying data science. Oh, okay, now. got it, got it. Um, but... Um, the way that security and data science are actually coming together is that um, nowadays we collected so much information on security mm -hmm. that as a security expert, you wouldn't be able to easily identify when people come in because there's you could have so many systems, mm -hmm. right? You have like... Um, like 30,000 computer systems, mm -hmm. 20,000 servers. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, which, how am I going to, how am I going to monitor them all? Mm -hmm. So then, so then what you do is you get some tools like we talked mm -hmm. about and you start collecting the information about what's coming in, what's going out um, through the ports, mm -hmm. uh, through viruses, malware, and it, spyware. You got all these different information coming mm -hmm. in. Now the question is, how do I know what I'm looking at? Oh, right? yes. Because you have so much data. So then that's when now computer security is actually turning to data science and saying, how do I, under how do I understand what I'm collecting here? And that, that's where the merging of computer security and data science come in. It's not that data science is going into security. Mm -hmm. It's that security now are using tools of data science in order to do their job. Oh, wow. That's, that's where we're going. So i give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, there's actually a, a tool called Guardium made by IBM. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know that company, but IBM uh, gives you, um, they make mainframes, but they also make a bunch of different mm -hmm. tools. Uh, one of the tools is called Guardian, mm -hmm. uh, and they do um, collection of information mm -hmm. that, that basically comes out of your system. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you probably heard of keyloggers. Yes. So, so imagine a giant, giant keylogger installed on your system, mm -hmm. and that's what Guardian really is, is a keylogger that collects specific information that uh, that you want to monitor okay. like like for example if you want to monitor your ports mm -hmm. then it actually monitors whatever ports you specified or all of them as to all the transit of information going in and out of your system mm, got it so now you start thinking about that and it's like well, how much information is that, mm -hmm. right? That's a lot of information. Yeah. How do I understand this stuff, mm -hmm. right? So then, then you start turning to data science and have them compute stuff. Mm -hmm. But then IBM, I don't know if you know the history, 
but they actually create artificial intelligence. Oh, so they started it. Um, they did not start it, but they created oh. it. There's, there's a ton of people that started artificial intelligence way before IBM ever got involved. Mm. Um, there's actually a, a tool that actually called Lisp, which is a low level programming language that actually created artificial intelligence way before anyone else has ever created artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and it freaked people out because it started coding on its own oh, wow. and they couldn't, they, they're like, wait, I came back to my codes, but they weren't even the same um, a minute ago. There's added codes that I did not type. Mm -hmm. And then uh, five minutes later, they had a few more codes, lines of codes being typed in there. And then 30 minutes, and they didn't even touch it. And then after a month, mm -hmm. like half the codes were added that they never even typed because artificial intelligence was actually coding for them. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty amazing. I mean, that's, it's yeah. scary, too, to see that. Probably back then, that's a bit more frightening, because since it's new stuff. But today, people think that that never happened, but it actually did happen. And what happened was they had to unplug it because it was getting too, too crazy because their codes were getting erased and replaced with brand new codes that they don't even understand because mm -hmm. artificial intelligence is taking over. But but um, it's not to scare you on that, but it's like the next level of coding. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned artificial intelligence because IBM created something called Deep Blue that now it's called Watson. And um, I don't know if you ever watched the show Jeopardy. Oh, yes, I have, yes. Uh, so in, in Jeopardy, you have that computer thing, mm -hmm. right? That's Watson. That's IBM Watson. Oh, wow. They're competing against Watson, <laughs> right? And then now Watson is used in different areas. Mm -hmm. the, the one of the latest things that they did, um, I think they announced it like a year or two years ago, that now Watson is integrated with their Guardian system. Mm -hmm. So they can actually have artificial intelligence analyzing security. Oh, wow. So you're, you're, you're combining different things together. Mm -hmm. And that, this is where, this is why I, uh, I was saying is computer security and data science are kind of like working together now. So it's like, it's like um, combined forces now pretty much. Right. And um, another tool um, that that when we talk about these things mm -hmm. now, which is really huge now, is Splunk. I don't know if you've oh, heard of yes, Splunk. Yes, yes. I've, I've played with it before on the, the free version. I know a bit about it, but, but not in details, right. yeah. So as part of my job now, I was kind of forced to learn it <laughs> as my job. I, I didn't even know what it was, but they said, oh, you're going to have to learn it. And not only that, but I'm going to send you training and you're going to learn all these different things. And I was like, uh, okay. But what what it is, um, people think that Splunk is um, a, a computer security tool. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, it is not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, sorry to break it to people, but it is not. It's just an analytics tool. It's a 
it's kind of like um, big data on steroids. Uh. Um, so pretty much you collect everything in the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you collect everything in the kitchen sink, you have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. And people collecting all this stuff and we'll try to understand it later. Mm-hmm. That's not how things work. Mm-hmm. But but let's say let's say you did collect all mm-hmm. that. And in Splunk, they have different they have different modules. They have different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, with um, so one of the tools um, that I want to talk about is machine learning tool, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually free, by the way, which you can actually install on your own computer system. Mm-hmm. It's free. Um, what it does is it allows you to do some data science um, uh, techniques mm-hmm. like um, PCA, which is like dimensional analysis. Mm-hmm allows you to do clustering analysis. Uh, it allows you to do a, a bunch of things because the core architecture of Splunk is actually Python. Oh, wow. So it actually incorporates all those modules. But when I was talking to Splunk, because um, uh, I, I I actually went to one of their um, sessions mm-hmm. and I tend to talk to them. Uh, it was interesting was the majority of people that interact with Splunk is not using Python. <laughs> They're actually using R, which is uh, was originally built as a st- statistical analysis tool, mm-hmm. um, which branched off, of course, as part of statistics, mm-hmm. is machine learning and artificial intelligence. And R was actually there way before Python. Got so it. R actually has a lot of tools and all these things to be able to analyze information. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like such a shock that a lot of Splunk users are actually using R to analyze it. Mm-hmm. But with native uh, tools now that you can install as modules, um, you can actually have your own machine learning now. Ah, wow. It's just machine learning. And there's a bunch of different things you can choose now. Um, one of the things that becomes a huge problem is that machine learning is um, what we call resource intensive. Mm-hmm. So your system has to be able to handle the calculations. Got it. So if you collect so much data and you have so little resource left mm-hmm. to analyze with, you can't use the machine learning tool. No, I see. So you have to make sure you compromise how much you collect with what you're going to analyze. And there's a huge balancing act, especially when your company is larger, mm-hmm. you have a balance between um, the different, um, the difference between data collection and the tools that you're going to use to calculate. Got it. Which goes in line with my next part of talking about Splunk. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Splunk ES. Uh, enterprise security. I haven't heard of that one. I, I've only know about the the basic version, I guess, the free version. Okay, so well, we call it Splunk Core, mm-hmm. the core version of Splunk. Um, so when you go into computer security, if you're into, um, I guess, what we call regular security versus like database mm-hmm. security, because then there, there are different 
layers of security. Yes. Right? So when you're, you're talking about uh, ports and malware mm -hmm. and spyware and, and um, collection of potential threat, mm -hmm. uh, then you're talking about enterprise security. Mm -hmm. So that's where Splunky S comes from. They have like a tool there that um, uh, goes to these sites that actually collects information of typical um, methods of attack. Mm -hmm. um, to, and then that helps you analyze it, which they create like a GUI mm -hmm. or a drag and drop GUI where you can make a dashboard and, and you can actually monitor your threats. Mm -hmm. And you can see it more real time, um, which, like what I was saying before about uh, resources, mm -hmm. uh, you actually have to dedicate resources just for that tool. Got it. It's not <laughs> like you can just analyze things um, as they come in. If you're a smaller organization and you have a robust system, mm -hmm. it's much easier to um, analyze these things. Mm -hmm. But once you get larger and you have to do a balancing act between collections and analysis all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's why working with a data scientist or a statistician mm -hmm. is very helpful for computer security because they do data all day long. Mm -hmm. So they can give you an idea given the amount of data you have, mm -hmm. given um, what you're trying to get towards. Mm -hmm kind of resources are you talking about and how much data can you collect mm -hmm. reasonably to be able to analyze quick enough? Yeah, got it. Yeah, it's a huge balancing act. Yeah. Who would have think, uh, thought um, that enterprise resources would be so low? Uh, wouldn't we think that um, with like enterprise companies they will have like larger resources or larger pools of resources? Well, they do have larger resources, but you know what comes with larger resources is larger amounts of data collected. Oh, that's true. Because you have larger amounts of systems mm -hmm. to maintain, and you have larger amounts of everything, including people to monitor. Mm -hmm. So then now everything is scaled up exponentially. Wow. So if you really want to learn how all this stuff works, it's always better to start in a small organization and then scale yourself up. Uh, as your skills scale up, then you're better prepared to know what to look for. Ah, got it. That makes a lot, a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because then you learn a ton of stuff when you're a tiny organization. Mm -hmm. You don't learn nearly as enough when you're in a large organization because mm -hmm. you're kind of like put into um, kind of a, a hole mm -hmm. where you only can learn whatever's in that hole. Got it. And a lot of times when you're in that large of an organization, mm -hmm. typically they expect that you already have a certain amount of knowledge already. For, or, for resource management, right? Um, not not really for resource management, but uh, more of what's available around you. Oh, got it. Your own resources to understand what to do. Got it. Because that, that's harder to manage. It's like, 
how do you know what another person knows? Mm -hmm. It's impossible, right? So you have to manage your own knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's why they always say you never stop learning. Mm -hmm. You always have to learn something new because when you're defending yourself against an attacker, mm -hmm. do you know what they're going to do? Yeah, that's a excellent question because we, we really don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. That's why you have to better educate yourself mm -hmm. with whatever's new out there. Mm -hmm. So you know how to defend yourself, but there's always going to be something else mm -hmm. leaning in that you may not even know about, mm -hmm. but then you're getting attacked by it. Mm -hmm. Then the question is, how do you defend? So then you have to think to yourself, how do I go with what knowledge I have mm -hmm. and the resources of people that are around me and the resources of tools that I have mm -hmm. to defend ourselves? Got it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know I went through a lot. Yeah. yeah. But that that's pretty much like um, data science and computer security. That's where they come to play. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times computer security people are throwing their hands up in the air mm -hmm. now because there's so much coming in at once. Mm -hmm that they're hiring a lot of data scientists to understand what's going on. Got it. But data scientists are not computer security people, so they have no idea what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So they have to work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But eventually what's going to happen is the security expert is going to know what they want to find, and they're going to use the tools of data science mm -hmm to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's how the role is going to start evolving in the future. But right now they're separated because it's hard to learn everything from both fields at the same time. Yeah. They're they're pretty big fields, the both of them. Yeah. Wow. So uh with that being said, do you have any advice you wanna give to um to people that want to get into security, like basic knowledge or or some information to get them head started? Um, I don't think I have like information, but like as in like material that you should read or do. But um, what I would highly recommend is if you want to begin in it, start with your own computer system. Mm -hmm. And start thinking, how do I secure this thing? And imagine like all the different networks pretty much is the same as your home. Mm -hmm. So a company is pretty much the same as your home. Like, like you have your computer system. How do I secure it? How do I make sure everything's up to date? Mm -hmm. How do I make sure I check all the ports and, and uh, protect myself from spyware, mm -hmm. malware, viruses, all that stuff. And also because you always have a network. So you always have to check your modems, your mm -hmm. your your um, switches, and your routers, and you can actually start doing with your own um, monitoring of your home network, mm -hmm. and then that will get you started in 
understanding how security works. And then you go onto the internet and start looking up things that interest you. Mm-hmm. Um, because really that's how majority of computer security actually uh, learns their stuff. Uh, they're always going onto the, the internet mm-hmm. and searching stuff. Because every time I talk to computer security people, mm-hmm. they're always like, oh, I got to look that one up. That's a new one to me. Mm-hmm. You know? They're always learning something. Yeah. Always going to forums mm-hmm. or computer security specific websites, mm-hmm. learn new things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a major one, even though we're during COVID right now, mm-hmm. is the fact that you should actually go to conferences and learn from the experts. Oh, got it. Because a lot of times you get free exhibit hall passes mm-hmm. or like cheap exhibit hall passes. You can actually search the internet mm-hmm. and they'll have like free codes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can actually go to the conferences and then start talking to all these um, experts mm-hmm. that are trying to sell you their tools, but they're, have, they're a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I got it. Um, and they love talking about their stuff, like especially when it's related to what what they're doing for work. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about it. So the more questions you have, the the better the conversation gets. Understood. And I always feel like the best way to learn about security is actually people. Because who are you being, who are you securing against? Mm-hmm. That's, it, that, yeah, it's the, that, sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, it, it's actually the same people that are, that are similar minded to the ones building these tools. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, the people that build the tools are are the ones that that know the most, I suppose. Like they know what they're doing, and they can provide you that knowledge of how to go about it. I guess. Well, they're the most knowledgeable on the white hat side. Then you got. Then there's always these conferences. Mm-hmm. Learn about the black hat side. No. Oh, yes, that's that's true. That's right. So. You, if you really want to be like the best, you pretty much got to go on both sides. Even though you have to like protect your mind when you go into black hat to say, what kind of person do you want to become? Yeah. Because once you get into this, it can get so easy to fall to the wrong side. Yeah. And then, so you have to really defend not just your mind, but your heart too, Mm -hmm. and say, well, what is it that you want to do? Uh, Which side are you trying to be on? Mm -hmm. That's why there's also the gray hats where they're they're torn between the two. Yeah, those are the ones that don't know what to do, right? They don't know whether they want to be good or they don't know when they want to be bad. You're just stuck in the middle trying to figure things out. I kind of feel like it's not necessarily that black and white about the gray hats. Mm -hmm. 
because the way I always talk to my friends about it is, yeah, we have white hats Mm -hmm. and we have black hats. But when you get into it, how many white hats are there really? Like there, most of the white hats that you meet are actually gray hats. Because there's a thin line before we go over to the other side. But majority of people are not white hat, pure white hats. There are hardly any pure white hats. Uh, the only pure white hats are the ones that are just beginners. Yeah. Because when you really get into it, how do you get better? You have to travel. You have to try new things. Mm-hmm. And then that gets you into the black hat world. Mm-hmm. And then, then you're like, okay, I got to break stuff to defend stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, now you are a gray hat, aren't you? Yep, that's, that's true. So then now you're in both worlds. Mm-hmm. And then now you're you're not trying to like say okay which one am I on, but what spectrum of the gray hat are you on, mm-hmm. and are you more towards the black hat where they just don't care sometimes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a lot of people that are building these cool tools to defend are black hats too, mm-hmm. but they just want to get paid for what they build and there's a lot of times where people just want free Mm -hmm. but the the problem with free is that people still have to live so that's why they ask for money Mm -hmm. and that's why you see these people trying to like steal information and encrypt stuff Mm -hmm. and get bitcoins from Mm -hmm. because they want to get paid they probably lost their job and they're trying to get money to survive mm-hmm. but there are so many reasons why someone would become a black hat or a white hat or a gray hat mm-hmm. but you have to define for yourself like what is it that what is your motivation of wanting to become a computer security person right that's that's the the big question with people, right? Yeah. Because most people, every time I ask that question, they have no clue. And I'm like, that's the worst answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have a clue, you're highly going to get to the black cat world. Yeah, because they, yeah, they don't have a direction and, and they can get they, persuaded pretty easily. Especially with the amount of money. Yeah. That's why even if you um, go to these conferences, they always have this thing where they um, parade um, uh, uh, FBI agents or um, federal agents that are in cybersecurity. They parade them around and laugh at them. (laughs) And it's not because they're not good at what they do. Mm -hmm. It's because I think majority of the time it's because the money that you make in, in one of those jobs mm-hmm. is the black hat world. It's not even a competition. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you want money and that's your drive, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the, in the deep web, dark web. There, there's no competition because you're going to make over hundred 
thousand times the amount of money you would make in a in a regular world. But then you mm -hmm. also are going to be always running, mm -hmm. trying to hide yourself, protect yourself. So then the question is, what side are you going to be on? Mm -hmm. uh, even though you may not make as much money, but if your drive is to make better systems, better computer systems, mm -hmm. better better technology, better everything, mm -hmm. then you probably want to be a white hat or gray hat. Mm -hmm. And then, then you have to, then you, you tailor what you learn to those areas. Right. So I know that was a, yeah, that was the kind of a long answer to your question. <laughs> no problem. The, the more details, the, the more it can help the listeners and audience out there. Yeah. Cause it, it's hard sometimes once you get into it, mm -hmm. sometimes you, you lose yourself because sometimes it was all about the program itself. Mm -hmm. But the problem with, when you say that, it's what are they going to use that tool for? Mm -hmm. Because as you know, in, I, I don't know if you know, but in programming, you can program a, a simple tool mm -hmm. and you have a, a, a reason to build it. You have a purpose for building mm -hmm. it and you have it built for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. But then someone uses it for something else. Mm -hmm. So then that's when people say, I just build a tool for building a tool. That's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Because there's a purpose why you build a tool. You don't just build something just because you build it just for the sake mm -hmm. of just say, I'm just going to code something. But the 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 thing is when it comes into the wrong hands are you able to defend against it yeah just like kali linux right that was a from, from what i heard that was originally meant for for the white hat side for someone to be used for defense but it's a free resource so people in the black cat community probably took advantage of it and started using it for for malicious things. Well, the funny part about that is Black Hat World I always knew about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the White Hat World is just like, they didn't want to talk about it. That's the pr biggest problem of our society is it's frowned upon to be good at something that people don't understand. Yeah. So that's why even data, that's why statistics People don't even want to talk about it. They want to call it data science now. <laughs> they never want to talk about statistics because it's almost like witchcraft to them, <laughs> just like the computer security world. Because imagine that you come up with an answer that sounds so far-fetched, mm -hmm. but it's the right answer, and it could blow everyone's mind away, mm -hmm. but no one can comprehend it except mm -hmm. the person that wrote it. Yeah. So it's the same thing in the computer security world of black hats and white hats is tools have been in existence for a long, long time. Ever since the first hack, 
ever was made. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of what the first hack was. Um, I but, I do not. I I I know the 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 first malware that was created and what it was done to like was it? It wasn't a. It wasn't Stuxnet. Stuxnet, no. That was that was way after. I forgot the first one that that they used and they took down this uh this company or this this first computer system way back then that was made by college students. I, I know about that stuff. So a lot of times, even college, right? Uh -huh. it's, a, it's an area to learn about new things and work with professors that are, that are knowledgeable in your field. Uh -huh. So then as students, you do projects. But like I said before, when you build a tool, it depends on how they use those tools. Right, yeah. A lot of these tools were built to automate their job, mm -hmm. not to destroy systems across the country. Yeah. <laughs> right, but it can be used to do that. Yeah. Um, but the whole point of it was to build an automated system. Yeah. And not to say that automated systems is a bad thing. It's a good thing. But it's how are you using that tool? Yeah. Because if if you have a mindset of doing something malicious, mm -hmm. no matter what tool you have, you're gonna make it malicious. Yeah. Just like just like um uh in in Unix Linux, uh removing directories, mm -hmm. right? How many people are always joking around about recursive removal of directories? Oh yeah, that's the <laughs> that is so malicious, yeah. right? But then think about this. When would you when would a time be right that you should use something like that? Yeah, it's very rarely or probably none. Well, actually it was originally built to clean up folders of servers. Let's say that you had a, a department that's no longer there mm -hmm. and you don't want anything that's underneath it. And you know that it was broken out for that department and there had ton, like millions of files in there, mm -hmm. but you don't have the time to sit around and delete one by one. Mm -hmm. So you run that and you start with the top directory and you delete everything recursively down. Oh, got it. See, but, it, but then everyone's mindset is how malicious are you? Yeah. You were going to use it to wipe people's computer clean, weren't you? That's what your thought was. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't intended that way. It was to clean up servers because we need space. Right. So depends on which, what your purpose of that tool is going to be used for. Uh -huh. That could determine where you are on that spectrum of security. That, that, that is very true. Because there might be a lot of times where tools are built legitimately uh -huh. for purpose and it falls in the wrong hands uh -huh. and then really bad things happen. Yeah. But they didn't even know that the tool could do it. Yeah. They were just trying to automate their life. Uh -huh. And then somebody else picks it up because they hacked into a computer and saw it and thought it was cool and 
ran with it. Yep. You never know. Yeah. Or it could be a paid tool mm -hmm. that people are using in different ways. Yeah. You have no idea. Or a freeware mm -hmm. that is used in different ways. Yeah. Like even even as part of computer security, uh, I know we haven't touched upon it, but also like encryption, stenography. Uh -huh. uh, so encryption, everyone knows about, uh -huh. right? You take plain text, you you put it into an encryptor uh -huh. that makes it into unreadable, uh -huh. and then you have decrypt on our end to make it back to the plain text. Uh -huh. Stenography, uh, stenography uh -huh. is actually um, hiding um, files and stuff into different other files. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, you might have a picture with a file embedded inside of it. Mm -hmm. Or you could have a sound file with a, another file embedded into the sound. Mm -hmm. Or you can even have a file embedded into another file. Mm -hmm. So there's different parts of computer security too yeah well that that's a it's a lot of things to <laughs> to get into such with such a a very huge field but unfortunately we're we're kind of out of time but maybe we can touch base on that on another episode sounds good all right, thank you, No Name, for uh, joining me today. I appreciate all the information. I'm pretty sure all the listeners will appreciate it as well. I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.